Welcome to Redressing Weddings. I'm Ilya Parkins. We've just come off an episode about folks getting suits for their weddings and how those connect with how they feel in the wedding and in the world. This is the first of two episodes where we explore wedding dresses with some really smart queer and feminist women. This one's really about the ideas and feelings swirling around deciding what to wear for people who want to wear a dress. What we find is that the wedding gown, the white wedding gown that is, is a really charged object, one that people have an awful lot of feelings about, sometimes angsty, conflicting feelings. That's not to say that everyone felt ambivalent, though. Some people came or are coming to their lesbian or queer or feminist wedding feeling really secure in their vision. For instance, Jacqueline, who married her wife in a two-bridal gown wedding. I had always imagined myself um, wearing a dress. I never knew exactly what color I wanted or what I wanted it to look like. Um, But originally, I thought that I had wanted something a little bit more pink because that just happens to be my favorite color. Um, It didn't end up working out. I tried on a pink dress. It was beautiful on the rack on me, not so much. really didn't work out. Um, But I kind of always imagined myself wearing a dress. And Nicole, who married her wife with both of them in floor-length gowns, though one wasn't white, made a lovely point about her own history of fantasies about her wedding. I've always watched the, like, wedding dress shows, and I get very emotional, I'm very sentimental. I always wanted, like, that feeling where I was like, oh my gosh, this is totally for me, this is perfect, I feel like a pretty princess. I don't know, it was, like, really important for me because it's something I have always thought about when I got married was like oh what dress would I wear and I'm not normally like I'm not a fashionable person I don't really care what I wear on a day-to-day basis but it's just like one of those clothing items that as a girl you grow up like fantasizing about I wasn't immune to that just because I'm gay I was still like I want to wear a pretty dress (laughs) Nicole's wife Jessica on the other hand had an ineffable sense that she didn't want to be in a traditional bridal gown There was part of me that was always a little bit uncomfortable in a traditional wedding dress, which that's a lot to unpack. I'm not exactly sure why I felt that way. I'm, you know, I'm still looking back, not exactly sure why I feel that way, but it did try on a lot of wedding dresses and they just didn't really feel like me. Um, So I was, I ended up feeling really pleased, you know, with my choice and and what I ended up with because I just felt like myself, but on, you know, on the best day. Anna, too, had a really specific vision of herself in a non-traditional dress, but she found it harder than she expected to realize that vision when the time came to find the dress. My initial vision for the dress was something that would be really comfortable and um, something that uh, had a lot of color. I really like uh, like multicolored dresses that are a little bit less traditional. I wanted something that wasn't super fitted. There were definitely some challenges finding uh, something that met that vision. And I ended up getting something that was um, in like the cream ivory family, but not super bright white. Her vision was also about comfort and mobility, which she didn't see being prioritized in most wedding gowns. A lot of dresses that I see really emphasize like a small waist, like they're fitted in such a way to try to make it look like a person's waist is smaller than it really is. Some Uh, are more constricting, like the mermaid style of gown. The gown that I ended up purchasing was fitted, but it was still allowed movement, which was really important for me. I wanted to be able to sit on the grass, to be able to like, to walk around and stuff like that. Um, So 
I prioritized that and when I was seeking a gown. I also wanted something that was a little bit covered in the shoulders. Uh, given that we're going to be in the intense like sun, I wanted some like sun protection. So that was another thing I did. While there's a lot of gowns that are more popular that are definitely like showing more skin in that area. It was really clear that Anna's picture of herself was connected to her feminist understanding of the ways that brides are usually seen as ornaments. On your wedding day, there's a lot of very outdated thinking about trying to be this kind of image of a bride, like beautiful and like this ideal shape and um, super desirable, but yet innocent. It's almost like the bride is like the, like the ornament of the event. Like everyone's eyes are on the bride. Everyone um, has expectations of what the bride should look like. And I wanted to subvert some of those, although I, I wasn't really subverting. I just wanted to kind of do it my own way, I think. And I was trying to move away from that a bit. And I was really prioritizing just like my own enjoyment of the day, my own comfort, like feeling comfortable in my skin um, because some of those other styles, which I did try on, I just felt it didn't feel like me. And Alison too was guided by a vision of comfort that she explicitly connected to her feminist politics. I would say my feminist politics came into play um, around a lot of ideas of what you should and should not do when you're looking for a dress. It's a lot about looks and a lot about um, how you look on the day and looking perfect. And even though I wanted to look good and I wanted to look fancy, I had seen enough of my friends get married that I knew um, it was more important to be yourself and enjoy your day. And that that was ultimately what would make you look most comfortable when you're trying on dresses, they make you kind of try on some silly stuff and you just have to know what's you and be okay with saying like, no, thank you. I know that mermaid length is very in right now, but that's not for me. The most important thing to me when I was looking for a dress, which I identified pretty quickly was comfort. I tried on a few like really heavy satin ball gowns and they were absolutely gorgeous and they were absolutely perfect. They would have been wonderful for someone, but they were so heavy and I couldn't even imagine walking around the bridal store let alone like you wear the thing for 12 hours like it's not a short day so you really need to be all in in what you're wearing it's like when you're shopping for mattresses and you sit on it for five minutes and you're like yeah this is my mattress you try your dress on for five minutes and you know some places are really good and they'll have you sit down and stand up and walk around and then some places just put you in it and they're like well that's it (laughs) yeah but it's important to think about everything you have to do during the day right you have to get in and out of cars you have to walk and dance and walk down the aisle and look good and um for me it was really important to have a dress that I wasn't going to be fussing with all day I really didn't want to I've seen friends wear dresses where they have to like hike it up and pull it up and they're fussing with it all day and it was really important to me to have a dress that like I could just wear and feel great in and not have to worry about all day long I love this as a description of what it's like when your visions, which are really tied to your values and politics, run up against the realities of dress shopping. Another person who's planning her wedding in a way that's informed by her feminism, Mila, had a vision of herself in a bridal gown because she recognized that the wedding is a special opportunity, a rare one. I think deep down, I just really like the idea of wearing a really fancy dress. And I like the idea of wearing like this long dress. I don't really envision an opportunity for me to do that in the future. There's not a lot of opportunities to wear white dresses in general because you can't wear them to weddings. There's a lot of like, I think, different things that I'm hoping kind of like this wedding will achieve. It's like a big party with all my friends. I do want to look really good for it. And I do want to wear like a really nice dress. But Mila was upfront about her conflicting feelings about the white dress that she's fallen in love with. 
I found one that I absolutely fell in love with, but it's very formal. It's very feminine and it's almost like, like a princess like, and I almost feel guilty for wearing such like a traditional big white floofy dress. I feel like I'm like selling out somehow, even though that makes no sense. <laughs> I like view it in contrast to like the gender equality work I'm doing. And this little voice in the back of my head is being like, is this what you're fighting for? And I'm not sure if it's like the sociology student in me analyzing everything and being like, gender is a construct. Why are you wearing this? Why do you want to wear this? But then I almost feel mad at myself for feeling guilty because I, I know I, it's my choice and I can choose what I want to wear and there's nothing wrong with me. And it doesn't make me, it doesn't make me less of a feminist wearing a big white dress. But then I kind of go through the cyclical motion of thinking, well, are you just saying that uh, <laughs> because you've been conditioned to say that? What Mila's describing here is the weight of expectation, in large part expectations of herself. But she also described other people's expectations folding in her to her thoughts about what to wear. I feel part of it is like guilt, but almost like a, a guilt slash embarrassment where I feel like I'm indulging with this uh, princess wedding fantasy. And I'm almost like afraid of like, this might sound silly, but I'm afraid of what my professors are going to think of me. Uh, <laughs> I know my friends will be fine and my parents are, by the end of it, are just going to be happy that it's happening. But I'm afraid of what my professors are going to think because I feel like I'm wearing a traditional wedding dress and following kind of a traditional path where I'm getting married and uh, it might just be sociology or professors in general, but they do it like a lot of very alternative things, you know, like marriage is sometimes six years down the road after they've had a child. Sometimes they never get married or it's just a whole bunch of different combinations. So I always feel like are my professors going to like see this dress and be like, what is this girl wearing? Like, we always see you in sweats. Why are you wearing this? <laughs> this is such a poignant example of the ways that other people figure in our decisions about what to wear and how that gets magnified at the wedding because of the way that weddings and the women having them are so charged with meaning. Mila also mentioned responding to her family members' expectations about the process of buying the dress, reminding us that the wedding dress is not just about the person wearing it, but that the dress is a kind of social garment. I'm not sure what it is, but a lot of the women in my life, like the older women, seem very drawn to this idea of dress shopping. So like my mom, of course, is very into this, like wants to be there for sure. Joe's mother wants to be there. But my aunt also wants to be there because she just has a son. And I know she was really upset when his girlfriend at the time, or I guess his bride, didn't invite her to like the dress fitting. She wants to come into like this one, to, I think, to just kind of like make up for that and to kind of experience that. I'm not sure if it's kind of like seen as like a bonding experience between like a mom and a daughter. And this is their way of like feeling that and kind of like, you know, having that opportunity. Because um, for me, like, I, I don't think I'd put on all of the show. I'm very like brief when it comes to things I like. I like to shop ahead of time. It's why I have a dress picked out. Um, but I know for them, it's, it's always been something that's very important to them. And I guess in, in the process of there being so many different, like, I guess activities surrounding a wedding, like there's like a bridal shower and an engagement party and I'm not doing any of those, but I think, I guess in the activities leading up to it, uh, one of the activities that I, is 
going and getting the wedding dress and picking that out and having that time as like, I guess, having girl time and as a family. And on the subject of people's expectations and investments in the wedding, Jessica and Nicole had an interesting story about how the people in their lives reacted to their plans for what to wear at their wedding. I personally was surprised that even some of our extremely liberal, liberal and supportive friends were like, oh, you're, you're both going to wear a dress? How is that going to work? And I think people are just so used to being someone in a tux and someone in a dress that they just were not confused and not, I don't know. They, they, it was, I think it was a surprise for most people, but it shouldn't be. Jess and I are both very feminine presenting people. So I don't know why this day would be any different. It was, it was weird to have people, um, question it. Yeah, I guess it just was such a non-issue for us, or we just felt so secure in our choices and and it wasn't even it didn't even feel like a conscious choice we just both we knew personally that we wanted to wear dresses and I also knew Nicole wanted to wear a dress and Nicole also knew that I wanted to wear a dress it was just kind of a given that we didn't even really have to put a lot of thought into so strange it it did feel strange that we got questioned you know all across the board not not aggressively and not maliciously but, you know, from, from close friends and family and people that know us quite well, um, it, it yeah, it was surprising to feel like we would have to kind of justify our choice. And also, because I, the whole time we were planning our wedding, this was both a blessing and a curse, but I kind of felt like there was no, um, you know, pattern to fit into with a queer wedding and... And that was really nice for us because we wanted to personalize it anyway. But then in some ways we were looking for traditions that we wanted to borrow from and and ended up having a lot of difficulty finding these traditions because there wasn't as as strong of a script as there would be, I feel like, with heterosexual weddings. And so, so that's how I felt going into it. I think Nicole and I both felt like it was a blank canvas and we could apply to it just whatever was most meaningful to us. So it was very strange then to have friends and family make the assumption that in a queer wedding, you know, if if it's two women getting married, even if they're two feminine presenting women, somebody would probably be in a gown and somebody would be in a dress because I didn't feel like there was any sort of picture for what we were trying to achieve, but it felt like everybody else in our life did feel that way and that they were expecting us to fit into this mold that like I wasn't even aware existed. Yeah, and I think there were a lot of things that you know, there's there's a specific recipe that you almost follow for a wedding, you know, like there's a first look and there's a father-daughter dance and there's a rehearsal dinner and, you know, all of this stuff. And what was really beautiful about kind of our wedding is that we just took what we wanted to do and we just said, ugh, with the rest of it. <laughs> because, like, we really just wanted it to be a really special, unique, fun and, like, very emotional but in a nice way experience and I just feel like there's a lot of people that do a lot of it out of necessity or just to tick all the boxes but for us we just really wanted it to be super meaningful for us. What you see so clearly here is the way that the wedding almost automatically becomes a sort of contested event because of the weight of tradition surrounding it. Even where Jessica and Nicole weren't actively trying to buck any tradition they were viewed as rebelling against some vision of a wedding. And this tells us a lot, I think, about the currents that queer and feminist women getting married are navigating, all wrapped up in this seemingly benign garment, the dress. 
On the next episode, we'll hear about some of the concrete experiences people have had with their dresses, shopping for them, wearing them, and revisiting them later. We hope you'll join us. Redressing Weddings is produced by Ilya Parkins and Kenya Gutteridge. Editing is by Kenya Gutteridge. The podcast is supported by funding from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council of Canada. Our deep thanks go to all participants for sharing their stories.